I'm Representative Liz Olson. I'm Representative Jamie Long. And we're the co-hosts of the Minnesota Values Podcast. Liz and I bring you real stories from real Minnesotans about the values that inspire action at our state capitol and in our communities. Listen anywhere podcasts are available. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Representative Liz Olson and Jamie Long back for another edition of the Minnesota Values Podcast. So welcome back. And we are again remote doing this from our homes and excited for another episode of the Minnesota Values Podcast. So uh, good to see you, Jamie, or good to hear you. Good to see you, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Nice to get back together again. We're uh, recording this podcast um, and the topic, I think, should be no surprise to folks. We're talking about a police accountability for just over one month from uh, the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers. And we've seen a tremendous public outcry in Minnesota, across the country, across the world for action by uh, the Minnesota legislature. So we're going to uh, spend some time today with two of the leaders in our caucus who are um, carrying the banner to try to respond uh, and take up real police accountability reform uh, legislation. And we're recording this on June 30th, so we're just after our first special session that we had this summer in June and potentially heading into a special a second special session uh, coming up in July. Yeah, and we're really glad. So welcome, uh, Representative Rena Moran, who is the chair of our Health and Human Services Poly Pol Policy Committee, as well as the chair of our People of Color and Indigenous Caucus. So welcome, Rena, to the podcast. And also welcome to Chair Carlos Mariani of our Public Safety and Criminal Justice Reform Committee. So they have been super busy, and to even get a half hour of their time these days is pretty awesome. So, um, And I'm actually going to start chatting a little bit with Rena here. Uh, Rena, when I came in in my first term, I was elected the same day Donald Trump was elected and came into a deep minority in the Minnesota House. Uh, same kind of bleak. <laughs> but one of the bright lights was coming into uh, a caucus and a team that had a, a, a fairly large and strong group of people of color and indigenous folks. And that was 2017. And you were there and you'd been there for a while. And it also saw the addition of um, we had at that time, you know, now Lieutenant Governor Plaguey Flanagan, now Congresswoman uh, Ilhan Omar. It was really uh, kind of a transformative time for our caucus to think about how we centered the voices of people of color and indigenous folks. And you were really a big part of that. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, the beginning of the Posse Caucus in those days? Well, thank you, Representative Olson and Representative uh, Long, for the invitation to be here today to talk a little bit about police accountability, but also the creation and the foundation of uh, why the People of Color Indigenous Caucus exists, which we call the Posse Caucus. And yeah, you stated that, you know, you, Elias, you was elected in 2016 and in 2017, we had an influx of new Native Americans, you know, along with Ilhan and uh, Aaron Mayquay, who, you know, was running for Lieutenant Governor Aaron Murphy. It was just a, a really good time for me. And I'm also, I'm gonna speak for Representative Carlos, where, you know, so much of our time was spent there with just a couple of us being legislators of color. 
And then, you know, we had Susan Allen who also joined us. But bringing in that voices from my community into the legislative process, <clears throat> it's like really key to and foundational for uh, what we have now is that people call indigenous caucus. And we work through our value of race. We look through that value because we know that race matters. And we know that because we just look at the history of Minnesota or the history of our country. And so we do our work through the foundation of social, racial, economic, environmental justice. And so that's our work, that's our fight to create policies and bills that create practices that represent all of us. That's great, Rena. And to have that formation of that caucus then in this moment to really be leading and centering the voices of people most impacted is so important. And you've been the chair of that caucus and really bringing those voices to the center of things. So that's awesome. And Representative Long, Jamie, you, you've been on public safety and work closely and have um, some perspective on the legislation as well. Yes, it's been it's been a real honor to get to serve under Chair Mariani and his leadership. We've been uh, fighting hard on police accountability issues for the last two years, but this moment has really brought a spotlight on uh, the real needs we have to transform how we do our um, public safety in this state. So, Chair Mariani, I'm hoping you could talk a little bit about um, what the Posse Caucus has proposed and what the solutions are that we're putting forward. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Um, and frankly, it's been a really strong collaboration between um, our public safety committee members, or DFLers, uh, which you're a part of, um, along with the Posse Caucus. It's been great to see this incredible collaboration. Um, you know, all our public safety committee members, except for me, are white. Uh, so you have uh, powerful white allies, very talented committed folks, along with this talented group of legislators of color, indigenous legislators that shape this proposal. And, you know, quite simply, the proposal is focused on accountability. It's the Minnesota Police Accountability Act. We recognize that accountability uh, needs to be thought of at the individual level as well as the systems level. And so uh, there's 20 proposals uh, within the, the uh, act itself uh, that uh, ranges from holding individuals accountable so making sure they're properly investigated and properly prosecuted uh, when they commit a wrongful death. As uh, we, um, as we know that uh, Officer Shaman uh, uh, committed on May 25th, um, and yet we've had systems where uh, people have been killed uh, by police, arguably in wrongful situations, uh, and rarely, in fact, I don't think just for once a prosecution, it's super rarely an attempt to, uh, to even prosecute. Uh, so there's that work, and then there's a number of proposals there that uh, flat out um, ban things like uh, chokeholds, uh, requiring duty to intercede, uh, reporting use of force, all again that, that go primarily at the individual. But then we also look at systems itself, uh, and what we've recognized, we've known it for quite a while now, we've actually pushed out this legislation uh, last year, and unfortunately the Senate majority uh, Republicans in the Senate refused to even talk about it, much less to vote no. Um, and that is a recognition that our licensing system at the state, you can't be a police officer unless you're licensed in the state of Minnesota, uh, but we don't use that license uh, in order to hold people accountable. There's huge flaws uh, as a system to be able to track uh, the behavior, look at the data, do early interventions. If we had passed our laws um, you know, earlier, 
uh, arguably, uh, Oshama would not have been in the position where he was on May 25th. And then the final piece of the legislation, the package, is about reimagining public safety. Uh, you know, what, what uh, Minnesotans are saying uh, is that uh, we think public safety has to have a lot of tools. There has to be different ways for us, for us to promote safety, to build community, uh, and that uh, should not only be uh, left to armed police officers to solve all community problems, but we, the community, should be solving those, uh, deploying a whole bunch of, uh, of approaches, uh, including, uh, you know, uh, clinical care, uh, you know, for mental health issues at the community level, and just plain old folks who are on the streets building relationships with, with young people and other people uh, to help them, uh, you know, build good constructive lives and steer them away from crime. That's great. And this is a, a robust package. It's over 20 proposals was uh, spread across three bills to really try to meet uh, the moment and understand how much needs to change. Um, but you, you mentioned systems change and how important that is to um, really getting at the underlying issues. And um, a lot of these bills were authored by individual members, but the one that you chose to author was the post-board reform. And can you talk a little bit about why you think that is such an important systems change? Yeah, as I said earlier, you can't be you can't uh, be a professional police officer in the state unless you get a license from the state itself, and then you get hired by a local uh, law enforcement uh, entity. And they, in, in order to get a license, there's all sorts of requirements, expectations of what the state has of you as a public servant, uh, as a professional. And it's behind those requirements that we can shape the kind of policing that matches up with things like respecting the lives of black men and women, of indigenous um, men and women, as well as uh, uh, being constructive partners with a community. But we're not doing that. And so we basically have a very weak system that uh, doesn't set those expectations. And it also doesn't use the data that already exists in public uh, in order to pick up patterns uh, of behavior uh, you know, I spoke with police officers and they will tell me, hey, we know who I'm in our department um, is someone that I wouldn't rather, I would rather not answer a call to my grandmother's house. Um, and right. yet, even though we know that, we're not collecting the data uh, on their behavior. If we, if we, and so the bill would create a way for citizens to be involved, that's first and foremost, at that licensing board alongside of law enforcement folks collecting data from all over the state, analyzing that data, and then picking up the fact that, hey, this guy named Shaman's got 19, 20 offenses or complaints against him. Uh, I think we should do something. You know, let's at least intervene. At most, let's discipline uh, this individual and, and probably remove his license. It's really as simple as that, getting regular citizens in the, in the post board itself, alongside law enforcement folks, collecting data, analyzing data from all around the state that tells us, hopefully in an early intervention way, where there are patterns that are really disturbing, uh, that, that at the very least requires some kind of intervention at the very most, probably requires the removal of a license and or disciplining that. Carlos, it's, you know, we were able to, in the last special session, hear a lot about this on the House floor and had some really powerful um, testimony from the different authors of these bills as they presented their bills, personal stories of, you know, deep pain and 
and also we also heard a lot about opportunity and I think what you're talking about with the reimagining is really what the Minnesota Values podcast is about and why we're here is like rooted in our values that we know we're going to do better when everyone's treated you know equitably fairly across our state across race across all of that and you've put together a really beautiful package that, you know, is not only rooted in the pain, but rooted in the hope. Um, and we're in quite a political moment that is hard, but also has so much opportunity. And wondering, Rena, if you could talk a little bit about where we're at and, you know, where this package has been. Um, as I mentioned, we've seen one special session where we passed uh, these bills off the House floor, but can you tell us a little bit about where things are at and where they stand and where you hope we can get to? Yeah, so thank you for that question. So currently, as you know, uh, last session, we um, do a, a robust um, hearings, was able to move the bills off the House floor. And in the midst of um, the Friday of the session, we went into a, a negotiation kind of likes. And so on that Friday morning, we got a, um, an invite to come and meet the Republicans. And we sat down to them to tell us that they had not read the bill. At all. So eventually they did come back with um, a bill to tell us that uh, this is the final offer. But not only was it the final offer, it was the first and only offer. It said to us, let's not change any wording, this is it. Um, so we did uh, take that after moving back and forth about we really believe that there needed to be some systemic changes that happened. We took that, we did a counter offer and brought it back to the Senate. Uh, and um, they left and pretty much did not respond after that. And so they did not give us the sense of, in, in my mind, of, of respect or acknowledgement that there wouldn't be a counter offer. You know, we can't talk any further. This is where we are. They just decided to adjourn. So we left with an adjournment of having no, absolutely no response from the Senate at all. They just negated the whole process and the tremendous amount of work that we put into this process to really, that's really is about no less than creating a process when bad cops do bad things, that they will be accountable for those actions and recognizing that, let me just say clearly that we understand that not all cops are bad cops, but also recognizing that we not all cops are good cops. But when bad cops do bad things, they make the good cops look bad. And when bad cops end up doing or doing things that make the institution of policing bad and not trusted. And so we have to have a trust factor that everyone will be treated fair and just. And that uh, there's, there's, um, there are policies in place that create practices that works to ensure that there are some consequences for bad behaviors when they do show up. And so that's where we are right now. So we're, we're just, um, I think, along with Representative Mariani and the Posse Caucus and the Public Safety Committee, that we're going to continue to move forward with a narrative that is a narrative that we're going to uh, eliminate fear. This fear mongering that we see is happening, pitting us against them, or however they want you know, this to show up in the hearings or or a press conference. It is truly just about creating a process where we are holding police to some standards and some accountability. That's great, Rena. I mean, it's been a lot and to still remain visionary about where we're trying to get to is so important. And what do Minnesotans think about this? 
I mean, are they, do you feel like they're with us in this package you're putting forward? I absolutely believe yeah. Minnesotans are with us. I think uh, in the moment of time that we was in, just to have Minnesotans and folks across the country and the world to see that visual of George Floyd taking his last breath where the narrative could not be in people's mind, you know, that don't look like Floyd and most of the indigenous caucus to think that, oh, he must have done something wrong. That is why that happened to him, right? They Now the world was able to share in what we have known to be a generational problem for, for generations, um, that those are the type of encounters that we hear. That's the type of encounters that I have as a mother with my four sons. I have just talked to them about how to show up, whether they're walking, whether they're on their bike, or whether they're in a car. And Lord knows my, my point is always do not be running. You cannot jog. You do not do that in this neighborhood because there's it's this perception of you must be doing something wrong. And so we are, um, I, we are in a moment in time that uh, people communities, organizations. We were just on a call with 88 organizations saying that this is not right. We have to do, we have to have a more fair and just policies that are going to be in place to prevent police brutality and keep police accountable. So Carlos, we're just about to wrap up, but for those of uh, our listeners who care about this issue and want to help, uh, we're coming up a couple weeks from our next uh, special session, what would you uh, suggest that folks do if they're looking to help out? Well, keep talking about this in public. Uh, don't let this issue disappear. Uh, Minnesota values are clearly at stake here. Talk about it in terms of your values, how you care about life, how you care about justice, how you care about community. Communicate with the Senate strongly that they should get to an agreement uh, with us. We're not giving up. Uh, you know, I just met with the Senate Majority Leader. So we're going to keep doing that, uh, have them uh, communicate with the Senate that they expect them uh, to act and to act powerfully. That's great. Oh, Rena, go ahead. No, I just said ditto. I mean, uh, Representative Mariani just summed that up so well. Yes, ditto. Great. Well, ditto here, too. Uh, thank you both so much for your incredible leadership in this moment and for putting together such a powerful vision and powerful package. Uh, our caucus is united behind the work that you're doing. Um, we've already passed it through the house and we know that we're gonna keep fighting until we get it done. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for being here. This was great.